and welcome to another episode of Navigating Life with Coach Lowe. Today, I have an amazing guest on with me. Her name is Chong Kim. She is an amazing woman and has done some impeccable things in her life. And today, she is helping people around the world be set free because of her own personal experience. Chong, welcome, welcome, welcome to all that God is doing with navigating life. It has been a tremendous time and you are just um, another addition of greatness that has, uh, that has graced this platform. So I wanna say welcome and I just ask that you share with the audience, who is Chong Kim? Where has she been? What has she done? Who does she belong to? What's going on in her world today? I'm passing you the mic, sweetie. So please share with us. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Lolita. It's just been such a pleasure. And I'm so happy that you have a podcast because I just follow you and your inspiration, your quotes, and I even share them with my other girlfriends who is going through a struggle. So to tell you a little bit about me, <clears throat> I'm actually Korean American. I get people wondering what ethnic background I am, but I was actually um, born in South Korea, I was naturalized here as a baby, and when I was about eight years old, I shook the uh, hands of Ronald Reagan when my family and I were naturalized here in the United States. I grew up in Oklahoma, um, I went through abuse in my life, but one of the things that um, helped me heal was music and comedy, and I was bullied in school, I was in foster care, um, shortly after that, I was trafficked, of course, which we'll go into more details on that. And um, in 2003, that's when I decided to get my life together. Um, I became a mom. And one of the most important things to me was going through the abuse in my life and realizing it was a generational curse. My mom went through abuse. My parents, both my parents went through abuse. And that's when I decided to um, say that I didn't want to go through that. So in order for me to be the healthy mother for my son, I had to get healthy myself. And so from that point on, I went through counseling, um, therapy, mindfulness, and, um, you know, and also became a mom and blessed me. I've been clean for 19 years. Next year in February 22nd will be 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> And God gets the glory for sure. God gets the glory. So, and I became a self-made entrepreneur. I've been having my LLC since 2016, which this, uh, next year I'll be turning it into an S corporation. I'm launching a TV series. I'm also going to be selling merchandise to raise awareness on human trafficking. And I also have a nonprofit called Velvet Brick Foundation which we actually give money to grassroots nonprofit, minority-led, female-led, and survivor-led programs that most big foundations do not give money to. So that's my world and one umbrella. All right. Well, thank you so much for all the great work that you're doing. Um, when I... <laughs> 
I just think about uh, just how we kind of came across each other. We have a mutual friend. And I remember the first time I met you, I had never met anyone who had actually experienced human trafficking. And so what I want you to help to bring all of us, myself and the audience as well, is into a greater understanding of what is the meaning? How would you personally define human trafficking? Basically, human trafficking is slavery. It's called modern day slavery because anyone can be bought and sold all over globally. And one of the things in the United States that have been so concentrated is sex trafficking, but that's not the only type of trafficking that exists globally. We also have labor trafficking, we have organ trafficking, child. Uh, drug meals. And when I say child drug meals, this is what I'm talking about. Children in our country are being kidnapped. Their bodies are being sold. And I'm not talking about just sex trafficking. Once the traffickers are done using the children, they will take the organs out of the body and they will stuff their bodies with drugs, with arms, anything, you name it. And then they'll cross that body across the border. That's what's called child drug meals. And so <clears throat> there's also organ trafficking that people are not talking about as well. When we look at our ID cards that says organ donor, I cannot emphasize, please do your research. Just because it's through a clinic, do your research. Find out how many legitimate organs they receive and find out where they get their money, follow the money, that's the big key. And then, of course, we have labor trafficking. What labor trafficking is, when you hire someone to come and take care of your kid, but you're not paying them, you're also keeping them in your household. It's called domestic servitude. Or, for example, a lot of companies, I'm not going to say a company, but most companies will actually have children as young as five years old working in a coffee plant while they're shipping the coffee seeds into the U.S. and they make money, but these children are working 18 to 22 hours without rest, making 18 cents an hour. That's considered labor trafficking. The other thing is here in the United States, we have businesses here, for example, landscape, agriculture. They will hire undocumented persons to work under them, but they won't pay them the minimum wage. They'll pay them way below minimum wage. Even me as a my own business, I recently had to do. I recently had to um, apply for what's called E-Verify to make sure that, as a business owner, I'm not hiring undocumented workers. However, if companies want to give undocumented workers a chance, you can apply a work visa for your employees to keep you legitimate. So that's all the umbrella about human trafficking. Okay, so wow, so <laughs> you said a lot. That was that was interesting. So when I think about all of those different things, it makes me wonder, like, how old were you when you were bought into this system, and what what particular uh, category did you fall under? I was nineteen years old when I met the recruiter. And when I say recruiter, usually the recruits are the ones that will go out to groom and season you or your children 
And so when I was groomed, I actually thought he was my boyfriend. He bought his uniform from an army surplus store. He was wearing a Marine dress uniform. And so I didn't know this because many times when we see people in uniform, we automatically think they are of the authority. Mm-hmm. But now, ever since that happened to me, I now look at stripes, I look at the badges, I look at their names, I'll even verify and contact the military. And here's the other thing for people who don't know, especially college girls, high school girls, military is not allowed to wear their dress uniform for any reason except for a military event, but they have to be within that vicinity. So. So if you see a Marine person walking in in a dress uniform in a country club, that's a red flag. But I didn't know that at the time. And it took me having to be in all about this. And the type of trafficking I was ensnared in was sex trafficking, labor trafficking. And because back in 1994 through 1996, nobody knew what human trafficking was. So the sad part about the situation I the organizations were organized criminals from Albanian, Korean, Chinese, majority of them were European and Asia. But the people who were buying us children and youth, they were people of high stature, from politicians, even the well-known pastors, to corporate leaders. So when you have people of that elite stature, then you wonder, what can I do? I can't go to the police they're going to keep me quiet. So the only thing at that time I had to think about was to find a way to escape. And that being, I had to break up to be a madam, to gain the trust of my traffickers, and then find a way to flip and run away. And because I know of all the things that they have done, I've now turned it around, God gave me a gift to now educate people to what to look for, what does gro- grooming look like, how does it, you know, target your children, what, and then also with this whole social media in the 90s, we used to be able to have a demographic and say if you're an at-risk community, if you come from broken homes and things like that, but now with social media, you can still have a healthy family that can still be targeted because all it takes is one vulnerability. There could be a dog going through cheerleading, She's making the honors. She has tons of friends. But in that one moment of vulnerability for her to feel lonely and she goes on Tinder and she's looking for a friend, there's a trafficker waiting on the other side of her phone to ensnare her and to say, hey, let's be friends. And the traffic does not have to be opposite sex. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. A girl can traffic another girl. That's another thing that I want to share. And boys can be trafficked just as much as girls. And when it comes to trafficking, there is no age limit. An 86-year-old woman can be trafficked, and newborn can be trafficked. So think of the wide range, because you have to think like a trafficker. What profit motive can they use for you and your body? So would it be safe to say then, Chong, that no one is exempt from this because you went from the boys to the girls to, I mean, if you say from a newborn to 86 years of age, there is no limit is what I hear you saying. So, so help bring us into yes. 
bring, bring us into what that world looked like. So you are dating this guy who is your boyfriend and he is um, masquerading as a Marine. So at what point did you, did you yes. find out that this was not authentic or the relationship that you were in was not authentic? What, how long did it take for him to reveal his true identity? Probably several months, but at the same time, I didn't know what healthy relationship was because growing up in a domestic violence home, I thought this was normal. It was only to the point where his violence took um, a different turn that I was not used to. And that's when I realized this, something is going on. There's something more going on. But at the same time, the first time he hit me, the first time he raped me, I didn't think about running away. I thought, what did I do wrong? I need to change this. I want to make him happy again. So I took all the blame for myself. And that's what many victims do. When they first enter the first stage of violence, they don't think about, okay, this is unhealthy because they don't know what healthy is. So when I get people that says, well, why don't you leave? Why don't you run away? Why don't you call the cops? It's not that easy. It's especially those of us who come from abusive homes. But even with healthy women, sometimes when we get into a relationship, we don't ask to be in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. So when someone does us wrong or violate our trust, our first, it's like grief. We go through shock. And we're like, wait a minute, did he just say that to me? Did he just hit me? Maybe it was all in my mind. And we would start making excuses. Mm -hmm. And so, but when he and I... We're together for several months. Shortly after, that's when I knew something else was going on because I remember he was on the phone with someone else and he said, yes, I got her. Yes, I did this. Yes, I did that. I knew there was another third party, but I didn't know who they were at the time. And when I, once I got trafficked and I was, um, I was basically abducted from Dallas, Texas to Nevada on an Indian reservation. And from there, that's when I realized, because I never saw him again, that's when I realized something more serious was going to happen, and it started to scare me. Okay. Okay, so you mentioned that, um, so no, before I ask you about becoming a madam, can you help us to understand, okay, so once you were clear that this this man that you had been in relationship with, he was not who he claimed to be. Um, he had began to take advantage of you and just kind of break down your confidence a little bit more and you began to feel the more insecure. Would it be safe to say that, um, is that a part of the grooming process? Because that's what I want you to bring to light. What was the grooming process? What does that look like? Because I think that it is, it would be most helpful for one to be able to identify what is happening in that instant. So the grooming process is basically trying to find a young lady or a young girl and going to be your best friend. I'm going to be your confidant. I'm also going to share you with gifts. They'll start buying you gifts. They'll start saying, here, this is, because one of the sad parts that I see a growing trend, especially when it comes to girls and boys in this generation, money. We validate ourselves with money. So when you have another girl that says, 
you know what, I can get you a Louis Vuitton, I can get you Burberry, I can get you Michael Kors. And then she starts spending money on her and saying, hey, you know what, I'm your bestie, we do things together. But when you start noticing the red flag, where she doesn't want you to have friends, she doesn't want you to talk to other people, the correspondence you guys have has to be a secret. But then later on, she shows you the receipt of how much she spent on you and says, girl, you know, I'm broke now and, you know, cost me almost, you know, a couple of thousand dollars. And then that friend feels obligated and says, okay, well, you know, I want to get you this, but, you know, I need a favor from you. And a lot of times it doesn't even have to be that blatant. She could say things like, hey, I'm in the gym. My, my mom's got cancer and I'm meeting with this guy you know, just to set up something, you want to go with me, it can be just as simple as that. And the friend's thinking, okay, I'm helping my friend out. And then they find, she finds out she's being duped to being trafficked just to meet this guy. It can be that simple. It doesn't even have to go into detail about prostitution, prostitution or sex. Oh. And so grooming can range in every different level. I actually had a mom one time that asked me, can you teach me how they're going to groom my daughter? And I said, no, I will teach you how they're going to groom the mom. 80% of parents get groomed, and that's how their kids become victims of child molestation. Because of the stats of the Catholic Church, look at the coaches, look at the teachers. Majority of predators work children. And so when we automatically assume, oh, he's a great teacher, or he's a pastor, or he's a priest, they're good. No, now we have to start looking at the red flags. Why does this adult want to work with children? And if you have a facility or a church and you're hiring people to watch your kids or a group of kids, this time you can't depend on background checks anymore. Mm. But this is what I advise people to do when they do the hiring. Ask them the most momentum time they had with the child, but listen how they describe it because they will describe it in a romantic scenario, and that's a red flag. Because most predators do not see themselves as predators. They actually see themselves as saviors. Mm -hmm. They think they are saving the child from the parents. So they try to isolate that child away from the parents. Wow, wow. So that's one form of grooming. Okay. So when you say one form, so well, you said that there was a, a whole gamut, a, a plethora of different strategies yes. of um, of grooming. So okay, so let's talk about let's talk about yes. becoming a madam. What does what is a madam, and what was your role and responsibility to the the I guess the people being trafficked now. So you were a leader is what it sounds like to me. Basically what a madam is, um, for those, those of you don't, that doesn't understand about gang initiation, usually when you tell someone you want to be part of a gang, they have you go through steps to prove your loyalty. That was the same with me. So when I told the trafficker, I want to be his side chick. Um, in the pimping world, they call them the bottom girl. But because this was more of an echelon level, they call us madams. And so my responsibility was manning the phones because sometimes FBI and the police can tap your phone. 
So they look for men to answer the phones in the sex industry. So with me being a woman, and we also had a front business. We were pretending that we had a, um, a warehouse business. So we would say, Oasis Warehouse, how can I help you? And a customer would say, well, I want a five by 10. Just like in my movie called Eden that people can access on Amazon Prime, mm. you'll notice that one of the characters, these are five by seven are Asians, six, uh, 10 by nine are African-American, each different size represents the different type of girls. If you wanted a minor, you would say, hey, you know what? We also sell mailboxes. Mailboxes means these are minors or the children. The smaller the size, the smaller the children. And so that way, when the FBI would tap our phones, they would not know what we're talking about. They would actually think we were selling sizes of mailbox to warehouse units. And that's how we were able to escape and avoid the police, the FBI that wanted to come after us. The other thing was not only did I have to man the phones, I also had to do the recruiting. I had to look for vulnerable girls. I hung out at high schools. I went, and this is not a one-day thing. I had to actually park across the street from the junior high and watch what child would flock to me. I would not go to them. I would make the vulnerable come to me. And there was this one girl that came to me. She came from use of home. Her mother was a, was a victim of domestic violence. Her father was an alcoholic. And even her mother, knowing that I was 20 years old and her daughter was 12, she thanked me for being her daughter's friend. So guess what? I even just groomed the mom. And now me and her daughter are good friends and the mother doesn't suspect a thing and the mother never asked me where i was from i was walking in their house with booty shorts and a halter top those are not appropriate clothing for a 12 year old girl to be around two i was cussing up a storm i was smoking cigarettes and i was sharing i apologize i had a call that broke through and it shouldn't have but, but um going back with the mom, I knew the vulnerability, so it was an easy target. But there are some parents that was a little bit harder. They went to know who you were. They went to know where you came from. Sometimes I wear church dress just to fit in that demographic. And I would say anything to the parent to make me sound exemplary. So with me being Asian, I remember some of the parents would look at me and say, oh, are, are you familiar? with so-and-so and I would just play along. I remember this one judge, he said, you know, tell your dad, John Kim, that, you know, I like him. My father's name is not John Kim. That's what I played along because as long as they thought I looked the part, I played along. And so that's how manipulative the trafficking world can be. Okay. So that's what it means to be a madam, to recruit, to groom, so. Okay, and so then, after you said that your goal, you were working yourself up in the ranks because you wanted the, the men who were leading this organization, you wanted them to feel like you were on their side. You were a part of the team, but your ultimate goal was to position yourself for freedom. Tell us about that. When I ranked up as madam, I had to do everything I did to play the part. Ever heard of the slogan, fake it till you make it? 
And so by the time I rank up as a madam, they weren't watching me, but they still followed me. So whenever they would have me do things, I'm going to say this bluntly, but um, being involved in criminal activity, helping them traffic younger girls, you know, relocating the drugs, arms, everything. So I had to talk to the truckers that were, you know, contracted through the trafficking ring. I had to talk to the pharmaceuticals for selling illegal drugs. That I felt like, you know, even though my mission was to escape, I got seduced in that life. The money, the glamour, the lust, everything came with it until God spoke to me and said, hello, guess what? You're going to be a mom. Had I not been pregnant with my first child, I probably would have stayed because I got so seduced into that lifestyle of power and money and drugs. Mm -hmm. And so being a mother woke me up. I placed my baby for adoption because I did not traffickers to take both of us. I felt like if they're going to come after me, I'd rather have them come after me than my child. Right. Um, and so that's what led me to run away and to be free. Okay. Okay. So, um, so when I'm, so when I'm thinking about this, I'm like, okay, so what does running away look like? I mean, you're, you're, are you still 19 years old once you are, um, once you're planning your escape? What, what's, what, where are you in life at this point? I was actually 21 years old by then. And so when I had to run away, I actually had to manipulate my way to find a way to get out because they would put me in a penthouse suite in one of the casinos. And so in order to distract the bodyguards from following me, I would seduce one of the maintenance guys. And it, because people under estimate security, the maintenance guys, the plumb, any, the janitors, they're the ones who have the real access to all the casinos and the back doors, all the employees. And so when it came to the janitors, the mechanics, the maintenance, they were the ones I would play this sad, sad story that I'm being abused. I fell in love with them. We need to run away together. I played this Romeo and Juliet scenario. And they even think that I was in love with them in order to gain access to the information and the blueprint on how to get out. Once I was able to do that, and it took months and months of planning. It wasn't a one-night thing. Yeah. But I said, you know what? I have an idea. I'm just going to run away. Because I had to understand their schedule and everything. And once I was able to run away, I remember one time I stopped at a convenience store. And at that time, I wasn't considering myself a Christian. But I remember praying and saying, God, let me have this moment to run away, shield me, wrap your arms around me so I can be invisible. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, that's not gonna happen, they're gonna see me. I was in the convenience store, one trafficker walked past by me. And I thought, for sure, I know he saw me, but he didn't. And that's where my faith started to grow with God because he had saved me through the darkest of the trenches and he was the one who led me out of the darkness. He was my compass. And, I, you know, and when people ask me, what do I believe in? And how do I keep going and keep smiling? I have to say God gets the glory because without God and my faith, 
I would not be here right now. Yeah. So, so that's how I escaped. I was 21 and I was pregnant. Well, I am just so glad that you were able to escape that life. So when, I, when I'm thinking about just that whole lifestyle and just the system, because it is a system, it is a, a organized business. And I, I, you know, it makes me wonder how asleep are we in America today, believing in a basic false sense of security because there are predators everywhere. We can find them everywhere. And so like you mentioned, the churches, the the schools, the I mean, is if they like you talked about with the children, that oftentimes the the predators are already in the system and they have access to children already. And that is just, a, that is a very, very hard way of seeing yes. things because you really want to believe the best about people in leadership. But unfortunately, even people in leadership are humans and they have their own set of issues, right? And so help us to understand how, yes. do, how do we begin to see some of the, what are some of the specific things that you can look to? Because for the mother who is watching and she has a middle age, a middle school age child or a high school child, this child has to go to the bus stop at six o'clock in the morning. It's dark outside. What are some of the things that you can say to that mother um, to help them to navigate safety for their children? The first and foremost, I want to emphasize to parents, quit being your children's bestie. You are the parent. If you have to violate their privacy through their cell phones and tablets, do so. They may hate you for a moment, but guess what? That phase will pass. Yeah. I would rather have my child get angry with me because I'm going through her phones and checking her texting than her to be missing. The other thing is make sure you and your child are both learning self-defense, behavioral detection, look at red flags. They are actually putting up a workshop online so people can understand behavioral detection. And here's another thing that I want to emphasize to parents. When you have children, whether they are kindergarten through high school, give them a whistle so they can blow and where everyone has the attention. Now, if you say help or scream, no one looks. But if you have a whistle or say fire, people will always look for that fire. So say those key words when someone is following you. The other thing is teach your child safety. I remember in grade school, we got to learn about fire drills. We got to learn about McGruff, the crime dog, you know, say no to drugs. We need to bring that education back, but on a human trafficking spectrum. The other thing is when your kid is dating, whether it's a guy or a boy, uh, a boy or a girl that you have, one of the key things that traffickers love to do is build a wedge between the child and the parent. So if your daughter says, there's this guy I've been talking to, do not tell the child 
don't talk to him anymore because guess what? You just pushed her in his arms. Be just as interested in him so you can investigate and learn about him. Let your child know, I want to meet him. Can we find him together? Because that also shows your daughter or your son, you care about them. You want to know who they are talking to. And also, you'll also show your child the red flag when the other person says, no, I don't want to FaceTime you. I'm always busy. Honey, he's not timing you. He's been dodging your calls. This is something you need to think about. I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think he cares about you, but I want you to know you are worth it. You are beautiful. You are validated. Do not let this man validate who you are because you are already beautiful. Help her or him to see the red flags in social media dating because that's the key thing, or even in friendship. As far as teachers and churches and things like that, teach your child about boundaries. When I was growing up, I remember my parents would force me to kiss and hug every person that came to our house that went to church. Well, guess what? About I tell our kids, go hug grandma or go hug that person. We need to teach them to do high five, to have a space. Well, now with COVID, we definitely have to have the six feet, you know, separation. But even if it wasn't COVID, we still need to teach our kids boundaries and to be able to have their chance to say no mom I don't want to hug uncle so-and-so because there may be things about them that you may not be aware of that the child can pick up so also listen to your child's body language and cues but the most important thing is educate you and your child together about human trafficking if you google missing and exploited children they have a website called net smarts with S-M-A-R-T-Z. I think it's .org or .com, but if you Google it, they actually have a website that talks about child abduction and trafficking. They have coloring books for you and your kids. Be educated, be informed, get as much information, <clears throat> because as long as you are equipping yourself and your family with knowledge, that's the only thing that can save your family's life. Wow. Wow, this is um it is it is such good information and I I'm I'm just really because I'm learning. I'm learning some of these things for the first time um because we never really talked about it this in depth. You I knew that it was something that you had experienced, but we had not talked about it um like this. I wanted to ask you the question in terms of our current circumstance. So uh, we are still on a level of quarantine due to the pandemic. So there are um, a lot of children who are on the computer a whole lot more than they previously were because there are a lot of children that are doing school from home. And because parents also are either having to yes. leave to go to work or they are in the home but unavailable because they are working from home just as the child is doing their lesson from home, how much of an effect or an impact do you think that 
human trafficking or the that industry having a uh, um more access to the children do you think that it this has probably made it a whole lot easier to get a hold of children or do you think that because um so many things are shut down that it is um it has put a hinder on that business what what are your thoughts on that i believe since the quarantine it has gotten worse Domestic violence has raised because now women cannot leave, as well as children cannot be rescued out of the homes or areas of their traffickers. And also with online, with Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, I'm seeing posts of 13, 14 year old girls that are posting tons of selfies on social media. Like I said, you have got to watch what your children are doing online. If you are being blocked because your kids are not letting you have access, that's the number one problem. You need to know every password. Your child should not have easily have access to their social media account. Two, ask any of your friends that your child does not know to look up your child and look them up on Instagram, and send you a screenshot and have a talk with your kid. Because whenever I hear parents that says, well, I don't know my kid's password. How do you not know, and she's 12 years old. How do you not know her password? So the social media thing has actually gotten worse, and especially with blogs and media and things like that. And I'm seeing girls that are actually promoting themselves at the age of 11 years old to adult men, they'll be jumping on Twitter, uh, I mean on Tinder, on OkCupid, you know, Plenty of Fish, all of these dating sites, but they're putting themselves as 18 when they're actually 11 years old. And so I've, I've had parents complain to me saying, well, I have to work, I don't have that time, I'm not a, a tech person, but when your child goes missing, I guarantee you, you're going to regret everything that I've shared with you. I know it's hard, but like I said, even if you don't have the time in your whole family, what is human trafficking? How dangerous can it be? At least arm them with knowledge and equip. So when you are equipping your daughter and she decides to meet this guy for the first time, but she's starting to read, you already taught her that, then she can say, you know what? I don't feel like meeting. Because at that point, you have planted the seed in her head of the red flags to look for, even a wording through text and things like that. So that's also important. But the most important is educate you and your child. You don't have to know all this techie stuff, but at least educate to see the red flags. What are they talking about? That's why I encourage parents to check out Missing and Exported Children's website, because they will actually have all the lingos that is already shared in text. POS means parent over shoulder. These are traffickers that are teaching your kids code words that parents may not know. They'll think POS means piece of something. They're probably cussing up a storm. They're talking to one of their girlfriends. No, they're already talking to an adult man while your child is 13 years old. And they'll say POS, meaning I gotta go because parent is over shoulder. Yeah. So it's things like that. We have to learn about the algorithm and the wording of these texts. 
Wow. <laughs> is it, this is, this is mind blowing because, um, I want to say that I thought I knew a little bit more than I actually did. And so this is just such good information. And I want to thank you so much for sharing with us today. I do want to ask you to, um, to share anything that we did not yet talk about. If there is any small thing, great, great or small, that you feel needs to be shared that we did not cover, well, do you mind sharing that at this point? And then also anything that you're doing, um, you talked about the movie Eden, you talked about um, the, the different things that you are doing currently. So if you would just reiterate some of those things, just so that the audience know if they need more information, how they can contact you. Absolutely. So first off, I want to share that do not underestimate the power of these traffickers to sell you, even if you're disabled, even if you feel like you don't look the part, there's not a part that they look for. It's the fact that you're breathing and you're a live person and they can take anything from you and sell you, whether it's your lungs, whether it's your kidney, whether it's your body, whether it's your hair, your physique, even to work. In Bosnia, they actually threw in disabled children to do labor trafficking. And once they were done with them, they used them for organ trafficking. So none of us are exempt. Um, if you want to keep in touch with me and learn more about the steps, about grooming one-on-one, -on -one, I have four different um, levels of grooming that I can teach you from the friendship level to a stranger level to authority level, and also through school and faith-based level. How to detect grooming. I'll be having my own show to explain about that to do workshops. Um, the other thing is, like I said, I can't stress enough, please educate yourself through missing and exploited children. Also, Amber Alert will not alert perceived runaways. So if they believe the child ran away, they will not alert. So, and the other thing is missing children, filing a missing children is actually civil. It's not criminal. That's why there is no time clock to have these children being found. We need to also legally change that. One of the things I am working on is launching a scripted TV series called Every 40 Seconds. That's the name of my campaign, Every 40 Seconds campaign. According to FBI, every a child goes missing in America. That's equivalent of 2,100 children missing per day. Through the TV series, it's a dramatic series. It's actually about a female survivor who teaches the FBI how to think like a trafficker in order to go after the traffickers. When people think about human trafficking, they always associate with pimps and these girls that are called bottom girls. I apologize for that. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me go back. So with the <laughs> many people associate human trafficking with pimps and girls, that's one element of sex trafficking. That's not the whole. Right. I've been getting people that says, well, I wasn't held in the basement or I wasn't held in a warehouse. I got to come and go as I please. I got to go home. That's one form of trafficking. 
there are in trafficking where girls are being held against their will. They can't leave. Massage parlors are a huge problem in the United States where they're being held against their will. The other thing is, um, you know, I was glad when Epstein was busted because I said, finally, men like him were the ones that bought us girls. And just to touch uh, a little bit, many minority or ethnic girls are being sold to Caucasian men, but we're not talked about. When it comes to ethnic girls, we don't talk about seeking them out. We don't talk about where did they go. Instead, we are automatically labeled as child prostitutes or runaways. And we need to change those labels because we are just as much as a victim as a Caucasian girl. And that's where we need to start pushing forward and finding all girls and all children because it's important. Because the traffickers do not discriminate, so neither should we. That is good. I love it. I And I agree. Was there something more that you wanted to say? I just wanted to let people know they can go to my website at www.iamchongkim.com. My Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is at iamchongkim. And if you want to learn more about my workshops or would like to um, and also, I have a book called Broken Silence. This coming um, holiday season, I'll be putting out a value uh, package gift so you can buy my book along with some other goodies. And I'll be also releasing a mask because we're under COVID, but my mask will have a barcode that says every 40 seconds. So I'm excited about new merchandise. And all the um, it'll be sold under my website through the LLC but that will also help fund my nonprofit so we can start funding other nonprofits for help. So you're also you know, buying merchandise and also supporting a cause. So that's what I wanted to share. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your life. Thank you for sharing information that I don't know the average person has access to or are even thinking about on a continuum. So I hope that to the parents that you heard the things that Kim, that Chong shared as it relates to the safety of our children, but educating ourselves along with our children so that we are both safe. Because as she said, there are no limits on age at all. There is no limit in terms of sex or, um, or otherwise. There just aren't any limits and they will use whatever it is that they can that you possess. And so, Chong, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much, babe. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you so much for joining. Yes. Um, Navigating you. Life Bye. with Coach Lowe. Thank you so much for joining us for Navigating Life with Coach Lowe and my special guest, Chong Kim. We enjoyed our time and I hope that you enjoyed your time as well.